Hey everyone, Jason Smith here, host of The Bridge. Hey guys, this is He Young with Roundtable. This is Xu Yawen with World Today. May the year of the Chinese dragon bring you a tide of strength, success, and good fortune. May you be great and unstoppable as a dragon soaring through the oceans. 蛟龙得水，事业腾飞。And I want to wish you, your families, and loved ones good luck, happiness, and prosperity in the new year. I would like to wish you 龙年大吉，大展宏图 ，and may you achieve great success in your endeavors. Happy Chinese New Year! 新年快乐。Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, welcome to Roundtable, where we serve up piping hot debates on the issues that sizzle in China and beyond. I'm Niu Honglin, sitting in for He Yang. Coming up. In the symphony of modernity, where trends ebb and flow like transient waves, there exists a group of brands whose stories span not just years but generations. These are not just products; they are living entities that have witnessed the tides of change. How are these old brands doing in this fast-changing age? What's their secret for not just surviving but thriving for decades, if not centuries? Let's unravel the captivating narratives where every label tells a story and every bottle holds a piece of the past, waiting to be rediscovered. For today's show, I'm joined by Li Yi in the studio and Josh Cotterell on the line. Now, grab your virtual compass and follow us to the heart of the discussion. Is there a bakery brand from your childhood that holds a special place in your heart? There's something timeless and nostalgic about those cherished trees after all these years. It's a sentiment akin to the charm of time-honored brands or 老字号 in Chinese. However, with the ever-changing markets and evolving consumer tastes, many of these brands are facing challenges. Recently, the Ministry of Commerce made a significant move by removing 55 enterprises from its esteemed 老字号 or time-honored brand list and issuing warnings to 73 others. The move evoked a range of emotions, from shock and sadness for these brands to the belief that constructive criticisms can propel time-honored brands to new heights. But first, let's talk about the list, the significance of the removal, and. Why are we protecting or promoting these old brands? Well, I think first of all, from this piece of news, we know that in China we do have an official recognition system of this 老字号 or time-honored brands. It's not really as you as you are old enough, then you will be called or be sufficient to be considered as this time-honored brands. And in fact, China started to recognize these time-honored brands in 2006 to really help the development of these old and influential enterprises. And second, actually, even if the brand earned this recognition, it does not really guarantee its permanent status. As this piece of news could suggest, the brand must really continue to uphold their standards to maintain its time-honored status. To be sure, you are on the list, or otherwise, you will be removed from this list. And I think this. Removal movement can really guarantee the ongoing commitment from those old brands, and actually, it's not really the first time that the ministry has checked the performance of these enterprises. It had done so in 2017, but that time didn't really get too much public attention because 
only minor corrections were made. But this time, you see about 10% of enterprises on the list were either removed or given a warning. And I think this also somehow showcases the pressing challenges faced by those brands right now. Mm. So, Josh, you're from the UK. It's a country with a long history as well. So what are some old brands that you think are doing really well? And what are those that you think, you know, they're surviving, but they're it's okay if they close door to consumers and just, you know, move on. Yeah, well, there's there's quite a lot. And as you quite rightly say, there are a lot of very old brands in the UK. Of course, the United Kingdom is often credited as one of the first countries, if not the first country in the world to industrialize. And there are still some companies from that era that exist today. One example I can think of, I think a brand that has succeeded in, succeeded because it's managed to maintain its brand authenticity, although its factories are not necessarily all in the UK now, but one of them that's traditionally British is Rolls-Royce. And Rolls-Royce is a pretty renowned British automobile manufacturer, and they've managed to maintain a reputation as a symbol of luxury and excellence for over 100 years. And I think this is because they have evolved. I think evolution is important. And they've managed to incorporate modern technology while also preserving you know, real, an essence of craftsmanship as well. Um, and I think another example I can think of also in the fashion industry, I think there's some UK brands that have done really well, like Burberry. Um, Burberry has also embraced a lot of new technologies and embraced a lot of innovation um, and kind of managed to rejuvenate itself again and again. It's still a luxury brand and it always has been, but it's actually managed to transform itself like quite a lot of brands, actually, from quite a traditional trench coat manufacturer it was to more of a digitally innovative fashion brand embracing social media, live events, music, a lot of live streamed fashion shows, and really just throwing itself into the modern age in this way. So I think we, we can see a lot of brands that have done that. One brand that hasn't done so well, um, which is an American brand, actually, and quite a famous one, which plummeted so quickly, is Blockbuster. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard of this, but Blockbuster was a really huge video rental chain in the UK as well, and it really failed to adapt to the digital revolution. And now that it's gone, it's collapsed, it kind of seems obvious. But actually, if you look at a lot of other brands, like Burberry that I just mentioned, Maybe you don't see the direct connection between fashion and the digital world, but it is. It's it's we cannot disconnect ourselves from it. And Blockbuster really failed to do this. So because of the rise of streaming services like Netflix and stuff like this, um, Blockbuster remains stuck in its brick and mortar model. And I think that a lot of these brands, including the ones we're going to talk about today, are those brands that have managed to um, surpass and relieve themselves from the brick and mortar store. Not only do they have the brick and mortar store, but they've embraced the digital revolution. Mm, I think that is a really good point and also many good examples about old brands in uh, Europe. And the thing is, um, when it comes to the time-honored brand list here in China, it's actually not just about being old or having a really mm. long history. Of course, they are quite old. Actually, around 700 brands on the list have a history of over 100 years. And also, there were around 200 old and famous brands 
from Beijing on the list with an average age of 140 years. So yes, they are quite old. But when it comes to being able to be on the list, actually there are several other criteria as well. Yeah, I think beyond being old, there are other criteria for evaluating or we're recognizing this time-honored brands. In the latest revised rules released by authorities, including the Ministry of Commerce in February, China's time-honored brand should really meet the following requirements. First, the brand has been established for at least 50 years. And second, it should really possess some distinctive Chinese features or some clear regional or local cultural features. And thirdly, it should really provide products, skills, or services with both economic and also cultural value to local consumers. And lastly, the brand should really be representative, leading, and even exemplary in its own industry, and also enjoying widespread social recognition or prestige. So these are some official requirements for recognizing time-honored brands. And I can think that one typical example here in China, especially in Beijing, is the typical Beijing roast duck brand called sure. Shenzhudu. Mm. And I think every visitor who comes to Beijing and also want to explore local cuisine, people would just normally to recommend you to have a taste of this brand, Beijing roast duck. And it was established in 1860 for during the Qing dynasty. So that has a pretty long history. And it is said the secret recipe of its roasted duck comes from the royal court. So this is a typical example of time-honored brands. And also, I think for most consumers here in China, when talking about time-honored brands, really we would think about something uh, like quality products, excellent techniques or reliable services that typically have been passed down through generations. I think that's one typical perception of time-honored brands here in China, right? Mm. And some of them even hold certain cultural heritage skills, and they bear not only the mission to operate, to sell, they also want to pass down the skills like Lee has mentioned, which I think is quite distinctive from certain old brands in Europe or in other continent. I'm not saying those brands are not cultural enough. I'm just saying it's it's a little bit different. Instead of having a company culture or a company history, these old brands or time-honored brands actually have certain skills that deserve to be protected because they represent a certain period of time or a certain culture in a local place, which I think, of course, gives them certain heritage or a certain, let's say, honor or edge when it comes to competing in the market. But in the meantime, some of these brands, some of these time-honored businesses find it hard to cope with or to evolve based on the changes in the market or based on the consumer's preferences. But before diving into that area, actually, we know that data from the Ministry of Commerce shows that in 2022, the revenue of China's time-honored brands exceeded 1.2 trillion yuan, which is around 169 billion US dollars. And despite the impact of COVID-19, about 70% of these brands are still profitable, and around 35% saw their sales revenue surpass 100 million yuan, which is around 15 million US dollars in 2022. So many of them are still doing great. So how are they doing great? What are their secrets? 
Well, I think a major reason is that they have been successfully keeping up with the latest trend from the markets. For example, some brands they have been actively adopting, say. Digitalization, they are being very active in live streaming and e-commerce platforms, and this is a major approach, I think, for many time-honored or classic brands to be engaged with younger generations of consumers. Because nowadays, I think many consumers, especially younger generations, they are really consuming those. Classic brands or products from those old brands, mainly for, of course, for their quality products, but also for social presentation, and they are really consider it as a social currency. So I think those brands are doing great in terms of reaching out to more people using social media, and also. A lot of、uh, brands they are also doing great in terms of releasing new products. For example, a typical example would be the Beijing's famous pastry brand Daoxiangchun, and、uh, actually I'm a big fan of it. But then we all know that there used to be a time that this brand really. Was struggling in terms of attracting new customers, in terms of attracting younger customers, because normally their typical customers are born in the 1950s or 60s. But then the brand also wants to reach out to more, say, younger customers. So that's why in August 2021, it really launched its location zero. Called Zero Store in Beijing's Dongcheng District, and in this store, you can really buy some special designs or special pastries, which are only available in this store, such as some new series and also some innovative designs based on their original pastries, and even milk tea and some beverage. And also, they are decorating the store in a very modern,、uh, plus traditional way to attract the customers. So that's why every time you pass by that store in Dongcheng District. You can always see long queues, especially long queues of young customers. So that is one typical example of how those time-honored brands try to engage with more customers by rebranding or even like brand fresh. Yeah. So Josh, you mentioned that many brands in your country, many old brands, have also been trying to adapt to the modern business model or trying to attract、mm-hmm. young consumers. Any specific examples? Well. To follow up on what was just said, I think that what we're seeing here, the examples that have been successful, are these brands that have managed to diversify their product range. So they may maintain this element of heritage and prestige and this image of、um, a brand that's been around for a long time, but still they manage to diversify their products, and that's what people expect these days, right?、Mm-hmm. They expect a personalized experience, more of a personalized experience. This is why the successful examples we've seen. Are those brands that maybe if you go to this specific store in this specific place, you can get this specific product, this version of our product? One really good example I can think of is Guinness. I don't know if either of you have ever tried Guinness before. Do you know what that is? In Ireland? Yes, yes, <laughs> it is from Ireland, and it is a a beer, right? It's、yes. a type of stout beer. It's incredibly iconic. I would argue maybe. Ireland's most iconic export. It's、mm. also massive in the UK, and you can find it all over the world, right? It's so famous, it's so iconic that if you walk around a city anywhere in the world and you see a Guinness sign on the side of a building or a little store or something, it's probably going to be an Irish pub, right? It's、mm. synonymous with Ireland. That's how iconic it is. And actually, Guinness, although it's just one product, 
it still managed to keep up with the market by tailoring its products and recognizing that it needs to adjust to consumer preferences. Um, what An example of what they did was they uh, managed to diversify their product line by introducing different varieties, such as something called Guinness Nitro IPA and Guinness Blonde American Lager, which seems the complete opposite to what Guinness is, right? But actually, <laughs> it's not. It, it's really important that they managed to do this. And also, Guinness has embraced social media. There are a lot of avid Guinness drinkers that go around the world even trying pints of Guinness and giving it a rating. There's very specific ways to pour it. Their advertising is absolutely impeccable. If you've ever seen a Guinness advert, they are so high quality, so cinematic. And you can just see that although it's a very old brand, it's embraced this and also diversified their product line. So it's a really good example that that I can think of. Mm. And even though I don't drink, actually, the whole speech about beer mm. reminds me of vinegar. <laughs> because I think the production mm. uh, line has a little bit, you know, similarity among each other. And the thing is, I am from Shanxi province. Hometown I am so proud of, and our iconic product is vinegar. And when I was a kid in primary school, as well as middle school, I have visited the vinegar demonstration park. So they show you the traditional way of brewing vinegar. There are at least five crucial stages. Um, you have to make the uh, starter culture. You have to blend it with different kinds of grains, and you have to leave it under direct sunlight light for around three months and then put it in really cold summer days where there's snow for around three months. It's just the whole process and also a little bit legendary or legend related. And it was a really fun experience for me. And I uh, experienced the strong smell, the strong order of vinegar. I loved it, but some of my classmates could not stand it. But the thing is, after visiting that place for around an hour, actually none of our classmates fell for cold for at least three months. <laughs> so I think we were in certain ways sterilized in a way. <laughs> anyway, so that was my experience visiting the vinegar demonstration park. But I realized today when I was doing the research, Actually, a lot of the vinegar, actual production line of the vinegar have been changed quite so much. They are moving the industrial line into a real firm with all these different machines and they have digitalized everything. Instead of having a lot of so-called masters looking at or monitor all the process, actually, you would have hundreds of monitoring spots replacing the human oversight and this shift made the whole process much more standardized and digitalized and ensuring the inheritance of traditional craftsmanship and maintaining the relatively traditional favor, but making sure that the food safety is secured. So I think this kind of change also is one way for the traditional or time-honored brands to adapt to current situation and to modern market standards. And another very interesting thing is that nowadays, a lot of kids are also able to visit the industrial or the demonstration parks. And the demonstration parks are quite like what I visited with 
much more additional products. So on top of the quite strong smell that would prevent you from having cold for at least three months, you would also be able to taste some vinegar ice creams. And also, if you want to, you can enjoy a table of vinegar-themed food in the park. And I would love to go again. And I think with all these changes, all these adaptations, maybe more young consumers would fall in love with vinegar all over again. And in the meantime, of course, there are many successful examples. And I think one major characteristics of these successful time-honored brands is that they are able to see what's needed or what are the preferences of today's consumers and what are the new standards of today's market. But we have to say that for these, especially the time-honored brands here in China with cultural heritage-related stuff or certain traditional skills, that's been the key or the soul of the enterprises for a really long time. Actually, they can be a great treasure for the enterprises, for these companies. Yet, if they are not being adapted to modern situation, maybe they can be trash or even burden. So what are some common problems facing these time-honored brands? Sure. Well, I, I think that one of the difficulties is that they need to maintain a type of authenticity to their brand, which is really important because their whole marketing strategy, their whole image is based on this heritage, which is basically on their history, right? That's their main story. That's their main narrative. And that's what keeps them authentic. But everything changes. And I think that adapting to this modern market while maintaining authenticity can be very challenging and very difficult. And I think that that requires deep internal change within the brand. And remember, the authenticity and heritage and tradition isn't just the image. It's often also how the company works from the inside. It's the leadership. It's the hierarchical structure. It's the way everything works, right? And they may have a very traditional way that just isn't adaptable to modern times. And that may require massive internal shifts within the brand. It may be some very uncomfortable shifts. It may mean that many of the staff need to get laid off and hiring of new staff for, to boost a new department may be necessary. For example, I'm sure that a lot of these brands didn't have anybody working in digital media 30 or 40 years ago, right? But imagine what percentage of, imagine the percentage of the staff that are working there now that are focused on marketing, social media, digital media compared to, for example, you know, manufacturing or something like this. So I think that all of these changes are incredibly difficult and it probably means that these big companies need to make some incredibly difficult decisions. So difficult that evidently some of them don't make the correct ones. And also on the truth here in China is that we do witness a decline of the numbers of time-honored brands in the past few decades. I mean, in the early days after the founding of the People's Republic of China, there were about 16,000 recognized time-honored brands. Now the number is about 1,000 brands here in China. Of course, it has something to do with the evaluation criteria, but overall you can see many of those classic brands are still struggling in the evolving marketplace. And also besides what Josh has previously mentioned, I think another major challenge that those brands are facing is they don't really have enough awareness in terms of protecting their patent or intellectual property. And that is one big reason that many brands have been collapsed. And also another challenge is that 
especially for catering businesses.、Uh, many restaurants, many classic restaurants, have been complained about their poor management and, and poor efficiency, and also bad service attitude from public. Then they、consumers. deserve to be removed. Sure.、Mm. I think we all love time-honored brands. We want them to thrive. We want to, of course, when it comes to protection of copyrights, we want. That's the area when government and policies can. Intervene, and when it comes to different ways to adapt to modern needs, we—it's a case by case story. But we wish each and every enterprises find their ways to attract their own customers in this day and age. And one last thing I think is important here is that there are a lot of old brands. For example, Lego is a brand that's established in 1932, and Walt Disney is established in 1923, and even McDonald's is founded in 1950. These are not young brands yet; they don't make you think of old or traditional in any way. And I think that is another way that Chinese brands can think of. That is, instead of being established or being Famous for being old or being related to traditions or traditional element, maybe depending on what exact product you are producing, you can also just be famous and prominent and、uh, world class. It's your own choice. The history and the legacy is not supposed to be your burden. Maybe when it's time, you can find your own way to start. Usher in the new era.